This is the Africa's Game Changers podcast, and I'm so delighted to bring you today our special guest, Ms. Chindinma Okoli, as we discuss financial literacy, youth empowerment, and how to make smart financial decisions in Africa's dynamic business landscape. Chindinma, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kimberly. Glad to be here. Super excited as well. That's so great to hear. Um, okay, so just to kick things off, could you maybe share with us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, a brief five-minute introduction for our listeners? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, like you already said, my name is Chidima Koli, and um, what I do is I work in finance, um, both as a career and as, and as a passion. So I'll speak to, to the two of them. So I... Um, I I actually work in venture capital as like my full-time career, like nine to five job. I work with a VC firm, a Pan-African VC firm. That's what we do is we focus on investing in African businesses that leveraging technology, you know, to build to build solutions to Africa's problem. Um, we 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 currently like invest across um, ten countries: so Nigeria, SA, Ghana, Kenya, and and, and so on. Um, for us, the the aim is to provide the much needed financing that most startups in Africa need, you know, to grow and to scale. Because we've seen that, as we, as we all know, capital is, like, super important, especially in a place like Africa where we don't really have so much infrastructure. So unlike a startup that is operating in the, in the U.S., they don't have to, like, worry about lights and other stuff like that. But here, literally, you literally have to, like, build your own infrastructure aside from your own business, right? And that, is, that can be very, very, very cost-consuming. So um, it's super important to um, to kind of like provide capital for long-term capital again, to patient capital for founders here that are trying to do good work and you know, try, trying to provide solutions to Africans, Africa's unique problem. Um, and again, for us, we're we also like very impact-focused. So we're not just thinking about, you know, what, what is the monetary returns. It's also about how are we empowering the founder, how are we helping them like actually build a, a very decent company, like a company that will last, like that will last the test of time, you know, and a company that will be able to employ other people and also kind of lift people out of poverty. So, so that's that, that's why I do um on that aspect. So uh, in my role as an associate, I, I basically kind of like help with portfolio management, you know, so managing our companies and then also helping with you know um analyzing new deals, so things like due diligence, valuation, and all that stuff. I think it's been interesting so far. Um, seeing our founders, you know, when people seeing people that you've previously in the past funded, you know, go ahead to like do really good things, you know, grow their economy, sorry, you made, um, grow their businesses, uh, launch a new product line, in, in, increase um, employee and, and all that stuff. Like you see the actual the actual effect of your money. And I think that's something that's also really interesting. Um, unlike when you say, let's say you just invest in, in the stock market, right? You don't really see like this, like you don't really see hands on the effect of your money, like literally, because you're not really involved in that process. But we also here, like with VC, we are, if we are, I feel like we're lucky to be able to like see real time. Mm-hmm. And then it makes, you know, doing the work a lot easier and um, more fulfilling. Um, yeah, so, so that's that on, on like my career part. And then I also run a passion project, like she already uh, mentioned, it's Africa. So we're basically like a digital financial education company that kind of, that the seeks to, educate or teach Africa's youth the basics of financial literacy. Um, so what we do is that we use um, digital means, social media, to talk about, you know, how to budget, how to save, taxes, you know, investing, you know, 
basically all, all, all you so when you think about managing money as a young person all you, all you need to know that's what we cover and i said this this project because i saw that um there was like a very huge disconnect or a very huge gap in that market in terms of um so when you, when you look at financial interest illiteracy rates in africa mm-hmm. it's like very high it's actually in the double digits really 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 high and when you also look at poverty rates in africa it's also really high mm-hmm. and i and clearly there's clearly a, a relationship between high rate of, of financial literacy and high rate of poverty because you know people that cannot manage their, their, their finances well even when they receive let's say even full of cash they end up spending the money um, how they want to because they, they have no idea you know how to manage the money so um, I thought about you know how can we because I did like a survey to understand why we, like why there was like so much like why people do not really care why people do not really talk about about their finances and the, the, the answer that we got was mostly around you know like they don't really understand finances you know financial media has made it look like really really hard to understand they made it look like rocket science but actually it's not rocket science you know um so people go to schools and throughout your school life from your primary school to secondary school to university no one talks to you about managing personal finances so you end up going to school and coming out with zero knowledge about, about that even me so i studied finance in school like in the university Mm-hmm. And throughout my four years in the university, like we we're mostly thought about, and like I mean, no shit to anybody. It's just it's just what it is, right? So throughout my throughout my four years in school, we we're mostly thought things around, you know, managing people's money, really. So you know, managing companies' finances, you know, valuation, yeah. um, doing things like so accounting, companies accounting, helping them with the P and L, all those kind of stuff. You know, everything was tailored towards business finance, right? There was really nothing on personal finance. So even among my classmates who were BSc finance holders. They, they actually had no idea how to manage their own finances. And I thought it was it was hilarious at best, but I, I thought it was funny because I'm like, how can even a finance graduate have no knowledge about these things? So I'm like, you know what, there's actually a problem here. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to, to, to solve it? Um, so we just like to use social media because that's where most, most people are these days. Most young and again, our, our, our target is people that are young because, again, I'm, I'm a young person. And so I can relate best to them and they can relate best to me. So we're like, where can we find young people um, and then we thought you know was using social media kind of gives you um that ability to, to scale faster and to reach more people to go across different markets and so we started using instagram basically um to kind of like pass the message to we talk about things ranging really from budgeting to, to savings and investing and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. in a way that is very easy to understand in a way that is that is very very simple and that is even fun because you know most like for, for youth like we have like very low attention span can't blame us, you know. So yeah, very true. So, yeah. So like, the, they need to make the message very simple mm. and very, um, very catchy. So that's what we try to do. Try to like use very, very simple things to make it um, very, very simple terms. Kind of like break down finance and just basically. So like the, the the goal for us is to you know what democratize access to financial education. Make it make it easy, easy to understand. I don't think that it should be a luxury service. I think it should be for everybody. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do with, with that. Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, it's it's really incredible to hear the birth story of financially literate Africa and um, the importance of financial literacy for young Africans. Um, I'm curious, though, um, from, you know, obviously you've been doing this for a couple of years. Why do you think that our school systems are not teaching us this really important life skill? What do you think are some of the reasons why they're not engaged in financial literacy? Hmm. 
to, to be to be to be honest, it's not very clear why they don't do that. Because um so I think it's just one of those things where, you know, from time from time immemorial, they don't just so uh, it just went on like that. Because when you look at even in other developed markets, so it's now is 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 now like in recent times that you see some counties in the US passing it into law or like passing a bill that says that you know will teach people about money in schools, you know. But the vast majority of schools, even the US, don't teach financial literacy. So I, I think it's a global problem. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell why. To be honest, I don't I don't really know why they don't do that. Um, I think maybe it might be because it might be because you know they feel like it's not a, a it's not a life a life skill. Um, so when you look at it, we have like we have um subjects on other important topics, right? So we have things on civic education, we have things on health, you know, we have things on like all other aspects but we don't have anything on finances if you don't understand how money works you cannot get you, you can't like be wealthy in a sustainable way i mean you can of course like get let's say cash like free money and for some minutes you're wealthy but like if you want to do the world that will last over time you need to understand money right so i feel like it's just a big conspiracy to like keep people from the market so that rich can, can, can keep getting richer i don't know I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure. But definitely the work that you're doing to um, really bridge this gap that currently exists is, is very, very important. Now, um, you were mentioning earlier that um, you focus on financial literacy for young people. Um, you know, a lot of young people would also say that, okay, I haven't reached a yeah. position whereby I'm having, you know, large amounts of money to manage necessarily. Like, what would you say to them? How how can young people be managing uh, their money from and developing, you know, good cultural habits, which they'll use for the rest of their lives? Okay, so um, I think that when it comes to personal finance and all that, it's not set in stone. Mm-hmm. It's very, 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 very specific to the person. Um, so for young people that say that, oh, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't earn money. I don't, I don't earn enough. What I always say to them is that, okay, you don't earn enough, but do you own mm-hmm. an iPhone? Okay, let's say, do you own an Android phone? <laughs> yes. Do you buy data on your phone? Yes. Like, do you buy tickets? So, like, most, most, most of us spend, most young people spend so much money on these things that are not, they are important, but, like, it's not as important as, you know, your financial future. So, I think the issue is because, like, they just don't understand why they need to do that, you know. They don't really understand the, the importance, why you need to, like, pay for financial future it's also because you know most young people feel like you know what oh you only live once yolo you know we don't know if we'll be here tomorrow like so let's just do one and that's something that needs to that needs to change i think it's a cultural thing it's, it might also be like just lack of discipline but what we'll always say for people that say that you know what i don't end so much money i'm like so when it comes to saving there's no fixed amount to save right so you can start saving from what you have so let's say you end let's say so in nigeria our currency is the naira let's say you end let's say 20, 20, naira in a month you can just save two thousand naira. That's like ten percent of of your income. It doesn't have to be something big, and that's that's the that's like the common misconception. Mm-hmm. People feel like you need to like save so much money, you know, to like to begin. But you don't actually need to do that. It's actually a journey, right? You can just start saving from small amount, and then as your income increases, then you now grow from there, right? So why would people that you know what? Just try to have it like if have a budget, and then in your budget, set an amount to save, and then stick towards it. So it also comes with having discipline, you know. And also understanding the reason why you're saving. So if you know that, oh, I'm saving because I don't like, I, I don't like my current circumstances. I don't want to live the kind of life that my parents lived. I want to like get to a higher level. So I need to save money and do the work to be able to do that. Then it's easier for you. 
But regardless, I don't think I mean regardless of how much you earn, I think anybody can see it. If you own an if you own an if you own an Android phone or an iPhone that you bought your money and you're buying data every yeah. month or every week, because again in Africa, data is super expensive, right? So if you can afford to buy data, then trust me, trust me, sis, or trust me, bro, you can afford to save money. <laughs> you just don't want to. So um, so I think my tip for them would be like start like start small, basically. That's it, start small. Don't think like you have to like start with all your income at once. No, start small. So start with let's five percent or ten percent of your income. Save that aside, and thankfully today in Africa we have like so many savings apps that help you do that. So start small. Start saving with like a small amount, and then as your income grows, you you also um grow your grow your savings from there. But don't ever say that you know I don't I don't mm-hmm. end enough end up income to save because trust me you do. I said, if you want an iPhone, mm-hmm. then, then yeah, that's should, a very, very important point. Yeah. And uh, you were mentioning earlier that everyone's personal finance journey is different. So, for example, um, um, there's obviously the one scenario yeah. which we've just discussed whereby somebody feels maybe they're not earning enough to be saving. And you've just explained that we should just at least start. Um, even if it's starting small, the importance is to start. What happens for other individuals who have managed to save x amount of money what would you uh when they've saved this money what would you say are some good uh tips or areas for which they can invest right because saving is the first part and then what you do with those savings is the next part because sometimes especially young people sometimes um sometimes we find ourselves saving x amount of money and then we've really uh, put a lot of discipline into it and then we end up buying something which really isn't you know worth maybe if you could share you some guidelines for? or some basic uh tips which people can look out to for making sure that they're using their savings well okay awesome that's actually a very good question because um so in nigeria today for instance um so i use nigeria because i'm based in nigeria i know that your audience is it's more um, it's more global but yeah so in nigeria today um our inflation rate is around 12 percent you know and then savings accounts in nigeria with the bank give you let's say let's say at most four percent and and I'm, I'm being very generous with that because really it's way lower than that but let's say four percent you know okay so let's say you even go ahead and then save with mm-hmm. um some apps six percent you know um but the the country's inflation rate is actually 12 percent so what that means is that mm-hmm. no matter how much you're saving you're already losing money because you're earning you're you're, you're earning mm-hmm. lower than your than inflation rate so that means you're earning negative returns so although you're earning six percent on your on your savings the economy is actually growing faster it's actually um growing faster in, in in terms of prices so while the while prices of stuff are increasing by 12 percent you're just earning taking for your money so like you said it's super important to, to, to like to don't just end that savings you also need to also go ahead and then move to investing and then when it comes to investing as well most people think that you know what is kind of hard and is very very um is very very difficult but actually it is not really um hard it's, it's not that it's not that difficult i feel like once you i feel like it's a skill that can be learned the same way you learn any course in school i think it's a skill that can be learned um so for people that are young i feel like they need to understand like they need to, they need to dedicate time to understanding investing and to, to understand the, the whole idea of investing and, and, and the entire concept because you know what if you don't so i see some people that that would go and invest in things that they don't mm-hmm. understand and then by doing that they lose money you know but if you don't if you don't if you don't spend time to educate yourself first you might end up losing money so it's, so my first tip is always to 
invest in your education before investing your money. So you need to understand how investing works, first of all. You need to understand. You need to understand your risk profile. So like, as to all, of, all of us, we all have different risk levels, right? You're either high risk, low risk, or medium risk. So you're like, you, need to, you need to understand which end of the spectrum you, you fall on that. And then that would now even help you determine which investment option works for you. Because of investment options that like, they have different risk pr- properties, right? So some are higher than and some are low risk. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an instance. So for instance, we all know that treasury bills or like government bonds are low risk because, you know, the government is backing and then the government can always print money mm-hmm. if, if it fails. I mean, in theory, right? So typically, treasury bills and government bonds are like low risk assets. So for someone who is low risk, that would be a good place to go to and, you know, to invest in, you know. But for someone who has a much more higher risk appetite, they can go for like, say, the stock market because that is like super volatile. You know, but if you don't understand, if you don't understand like what your risk profile is, first of all, you might get, you might end up getting sweet. You might just hear that, oh, my friend made money, made, made money in the stock market. I you to you run, you put your money there, and that's when coronavirus now happened, and the whole market crashed, and you're like, oh my god, how do you know what you get? So if you don't, so it's super, and I feel like people don't talk about this enough. The importance of like of getting getting informed, of getting um getting knowledge about investing before actually investing your money so like I, I like to hammer that because really that's the beginning of this whole thing because investing is, is actually a journey it's not like it's a, it's a process it's not it's not a product it's not like shopping you know it's actually a journey so if you don't understand how it works you might end up getting burnt out you know easily so first off is to understand investment dedicate time to learn about it there are lots of online blogs even books podcasts i can listen to, to kind of learn about it then when you've not learned about it you can now move to you know investing your money then also for 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 you i like to say that if you're like a first-time investor and, and you're just starting out, it's always good to like go to like invest in mutual funds because mutual funds are basically like a way of a way of investing in something but with a group of people. And then you have like a, a professional fund, fund manager help, helping you to manage the money, you know. So by doing that, your risk is kind of like is it, kind of protected against in, in, in the sense that the, the fund manager already has knowledge or they understand how to invest your money mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. people that you have i always say you know what first of all start with mutual funds like with the with the money market mutual fund to be very very specific because you know mutual fund has like different types equity mutual fund and all that stuff so start with like the lowest mutual fund which is like the money market the one the ones that invest in safe safe assets like treasury bills and government bonds and that, that kind of stuff you know and then start with that then when you do that for a while by by doing that you're able to kind of like understand how the market works in bits and you can now move to like other more um other more risky uh, riskier assets so in nigeria for instance aside um government bonds and treasury bills we also we've also seen like a rising agri platforms so what i mean is that we we've seen a, a number of technology platforms come to kind of like create a create a process where investors can invest in um farmers mm-hmm. you know who don't have access to capital so the way it works is that they kind of like create an app where so there's a farmer, let's say, in the north who needs money for their, their farm, but they don't have capital. So now this platform will come and crowdfund from all of us individuals and now use that money to provide um, to pro- provide um, farm produce or to provide like fertilizers and other stuff that farmer needs to grow their crop. And then when farmer sells, sells the, the, the produce to optikas, then we get like our return on, on our investment. So that's also something that is actually rising here in Nigeria and Ghana, especially, we've seen like lots of platforms that that, that do that, and they actually promise like kind of pretty good returns. So that's also an option for for people there in Nigeria and Ghana. I don't really know what the market 
looks like in SA for public investing. So I can't really speak to that. But I know that in Nigeria and Ghana is actually really, um, really growing here. So that's something that, that, that they can also do if they if they kind of like understood how the market works. Then aside that, there's also like this, this stock market for those that want to now you know play with the big leagues, those that understand how the market works. Well, I mean, I have to say that stock market mm. is super volatile as we all know, and it's also like very long term. So anyone that wants to invest invest in, in that market should like think about you know this money should be like for a three to five year plan. It shouldn't be when it shouldn't be like funds that you need, let's say next week or end of the year. It should be like a long term plan because market is always profitable in the long term. You know? So in a nutshell, basically, I think first thing is to kind of educate yourself. Second thing is to you know know your risk profile and then use that knowledge to kind of like choose the best option that works for you. And then after doing that, you can now start investing your money. But by all means, don't just save your money. I mean, saving money is like losing money. Um, you know, so try to after you save your money, try to you know invest your money and also yeah, that's very 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 good advice, I think. Yeah. And um, in line with that, um, do you maybe if you could recommend um a few specific online resources or apps that people can refer to if they want to understand more about managing their finances better. Mm, okay, so like, um, do you want books or it could be both like books and also and online and resources? Yes. Mm, okay. So I mean, I think for 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 books, my all-time favorite is George Clarkson's book, The Richest Man in Babylon. I think that book is very good because it kind of like helps. It talks about all the aspects of finance, so from saving to investing to even insurance and tax. You know, it covers the entire spectrum of finances. So I think that's actually a very good, good place um, mm. to start from. And thankfully, these days you can even see the book online. Um, you know, to just read and stuff. So I think that's actually a, a very good place to start from. George Clarkson. Um, another book is that I really like is Think and Grow Rich, and that one talks about like your money mindset. Because to be honest with you, most of like so when it comes to things about like, like finances, it's actually about the mind. Because you know sometimes like so what we see now with the economy going bad and the whole economy, you know, was in a, in a pause thanks to coronavirus. You know? So now mm-hmm. is the time to kind of like look inwards and kind of like see to, like, to kind of see how you can identify opportunities that people are missing. You know. And that only comes if you have developed your mind, you know, in advance to kind of be able to identify opportunities where, where people can see them. So that's why I really like Think and Grow Rich. Then in terms of online, yes, online yes. So, so blogs, of course, <laughs> my blog. <laughs> so if you're on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, of course, shameless blog. If you're on Instagram, it's at Philips Africa. So F-I-N-L-I-T-A-F-R-I-C-A. So Philips Africa. We also have like, we're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, you know, and all other interwebs, and then also in the blog. But aside that, I also really like this blog I follow, but based, she's based in, in the U.S. Her name is The Budget Niska. So I think that's also somewhere else that you can actually go check out. Then the last one is, this guy is actually, Bank of, Bank of America actually has a an online free resource platform for financial literacy. It's called BetterMoneyHabits.com. So they can also check that out. I think if there will be like a show note, just put all this in the show notes so that it's easier for them, you know. But the name is bettermoneyhabits.com, yes. And then you can see like lots of 
courses there on different yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, these are very, very good resources. And I think we will definitely maybe put them in the show notes so that people can refer. And I can personally attest to your blog, Financially Literate okay. Africa, because I was looking at the Instagram page even and like a lot of the tips are very, very, very useful. So people should definitely check that out. Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, um, so, so glad to hear I guess that. in line with that, um, one last question that I had specifically pertaining to personal finance management. What is one personal finance management principle that you wish you knew earlier in your life that you could share with us? Hmm. One principle that I wish I knew earlier in my life, to be honest, I would say they need to track my expenses. <laughs> and it's very funny because like I've had so many like, before I got my stuff, before I got my life together, I've had so many bad experiences with that. So, you know, when people say, you know what, you know, save and invest and all that stuff, it's really good. But if you don't track your expenses, trust me, you like, it, it's like a tab that is, that is leaking. And you don't know, like, it's just leaking. And, like, you don't know what, you don't know where it's coming from, right? So, I think I didn't, I didn't learn that early, early enough. So, again, okay, so a bit of background on me. I grew up like in a family of Muslim girls, and my dad is a businessman slash investor. So I think I went to my first visit to the stock to the stock exchange here in Nigeria was when I was like I think it also like when I was really young. My mom took me there. Wow. She went to buy some shares wow. and she bought some shares for me and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was my first experience. Yeah. Oh oh but but well. So it was it was a it was a penny stock. I don't even know about penny stock. It was a penny stock and right <laughs> yeah, now the stock is worth nothing. <laughs> but I mean at least it kind of yeah at least it, it kind of like gave me yes that experience and then I I. Remember that I was so I was so impressed and so awed by like the by, by yes. the traders. I'm like, because oh, you know, you know, like they always wear this uniform, like this um, this kind of uniform. All of them. So I'm like, oh, like, what is guys part of computer and all that stuff? So it was very. I think it was actually what kind of like got me onto this part in finance. So yeah, it was super helpful. So parents, if you, if you can expose mm-hmm. your children or even your siblings, you know, to things like this, it will help them a lot. Yeah. So, but um, so back back, back to what I was saying. So like, I, I kind of like grew up with that mindset of like business and you know and um investing and entrepreneurship so i was already saving money like when i was really really young i was like when i was in secondary school i used to like, always save my money but one thing that no one told me was they need to track my expenses and here's what i mean you know like so we just spend money every day and if you don't if you don't like if you don't know where, where your money is going to literally you can you can have saved some some amount of money but if you, if you don't know where your money is going to you would end up spending so much money that on things that you don't really need, right? So if you're not aware of like, you know what, this thing I'm, I'm spending on is not super important. You, you just keep like, just keep spending money all because, oh, I've, I, I have some savings. Even if you have some savings, it does, that, like, that doesn't mean that you should not be spending your, spending your money on things that don't really add any value to you. So I think the need to, and it was, it was after I read, I think I read a piece about Warren Buffett and they were saying that, you know, even to today, he tracks like he tracks every single penny. Like if you don't, if you don't track your track, if 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 you can't see where every coin went to, then you're not registered to like be to build wealth. I think that was that was the quote that I read, and I'm like, my God, this this actually expensive. Because I so when I was in school in uni, I had like this very very bad, this terrible coke habits, um, coke ad, um, addiction. So like I mean, <laughs> coke like the drink, not coke like coke. Right? Yeah. So yeah. So like I had this. Yeah, so like mm. I, I, mm. I never knew that I was spending so much money on coke. Like I never knew. Yes, I had savings, but I was also spending so much money. And for someone that 
do not have any shares in Coca-Cola. So I'm like, sis, why are you spending so much money on, on Coke? Like, you never, you never own shares in the company. So why are you, like, spending all your, like, chicken? But, like, it was until, it was until I, I, I went to go and, like, start tracking my, my spending that I knew. Because mm. I was always thinking, like, you know what, what, like, my money always disappears, like, anyhow. I'm just like, what is going on? I'm like, why, like, I was saving money, but at the same time, I was still not, the one that I had to, to, um, to, to save, to spend, it wasn't, like, taking me through the money. I'm like, oh, why? This money is supposed to have you know, taken me to the moon. And then when I started like tracking it, and I realized that you know, I was spending money on some things that were not important, or some things that I didn't know yes. was adding up. So let's say buying Coke like three times in a day, in a month, it adds up over time, you know. So all those tiny things, maybe even data, like just buying so much, so much data that I don't really need, you know, all those, all those tiny, tiny, tiny things. And when I started tracking my expenses, um, I was now able to like cut, like, cut all those leaks and Basically, I had so much more money to even now spend on things that I really wanted, like things that were more that were more beneficial to me than just random stuff, you know. So I think that I feel like that's to me that's that's the best money advice that I wish I got when I was with, I was very younger, and that's something that I, I wish more people would know about. Like it's not only about about saving money; you also need to like know where your money is going to part time, because that that's the only way that you're able to you know to be on top of your Wow. Yeah, that's very, very important advice. And I think I can even attest to that uh, from my end because I recall I never used to track my expenses and literally money would just disappear. And then when it was time to (laughs) to account for it, I would have no clue or understanding of where it had gone. So it's a very, very important principle for sure. Mm Thanks for listening. Connect with us at AppYourVest on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And let's continue our conversation. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms.